0: this is a more political episode than I usually go into as uh, Omer Pani. He's been on before he's a domination and submission instructor and intimacy instructor in New York city. And, uh, he reached out to me recently, actually literally yesterday, um, sending me some, uh, clips about, uh, people talking about masculinity. And it's been a big topic with like a lot of the social justice warrior, um, discussions and then Charlottesville. I mean, all of this, like, Super left, super right, hate going back and forth, but specifically talking about, um, the situation going on with masculinity right now. I brought up a, a, a case where I've been meeting young men who are ashamed of their own masculinity. It's kind of a weird time to be a man in 2017, uh, and a lot of young men are confused about it. A lot of older men are confused about it. So we, we have a candid discussion about what's going on with the, you know, the conversation around masculinity, but also a lot of the hate versus Social justice speech is going on as uh, the fun episode, episode 10, Omur Pani, Decline of Masculinity. You're listening to the Rwando podcast, perpetual orgasm, infinite play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. You're
1: going well. I just started the recording. Okay, cool. I'm learning this technology here. How's everything? pretty good
0: yeah yeah i I didn't i didn't listen to the last two clips you sent me but i did uh did watch the other ones uh yeah i was i was surprised to find so many uh women speaking about the 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 topic i I mean maybe, maybe i shouldn't be so surprised but
1: i think there's still you know there it's good to hear women's perspective on it because it then it kind of tex, takes you out of the narrative that this is a man against woman, woman against a man thing. And that yeah. There's some phenomena going on about some boiling up of resentment towards masculinity and it's kind of really, yeah. it's not a great energy and even women are observing like this is crazy, This this doesn't make any sense, this is going overboard, this is distorted. Once it gets that distorted, hopefully all human beings can look at it and say, that's distorted. That's, you're not clear. You are charged up, you are triggered, and you're not seeing things clearly, and you're not seeing people clearly.
0: Yeah, I don't know if there ever will be the case, that will ever be the case where everyone sees it clearly, especially with, like, the the gender issue. And I actually felt that after watching, I forget their names, was two women speaking about how, like, masculinity is being shamed. Um, And they were speaking very positively of, of men. But I felt like even they were like using these generalities, generalizations of like how men are great. and I was like, I don't even agree with that. I'm a man. I don't remember this. Yeah,
1: but, but I think at least they're in a more soft space. They're in a softer space with masculinity. And uh, that's kind of good to see. But yeah, and just observing the phenomenon. I mean, I've been, I've been having conversations with people. You know, through my coaching and just talking, I have friends all over the place. I have friends on the West Coast. Things I'm hearing from them are like they're startling to me. (laughs) What's going on in the culture? It's Uh very weird. I feel even even sitting in New York, we're not in touch with at the core of the energy of how anti male, how much anger towards male, how much down with men. There is a race element. You know, the core message of the progressive left is down with the white man, but right behind yeah. that is down with all men. Yeah. And then it's down with straight men. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. Crazy stories. I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to put my friend on the line, but I think I can share her story without giving you her name. She was looking for, she lives in Oakland. She was looking for a place to live recently. And she is, uh She's a sex educator. She's one of the most open people you will ever meet. since she is like looking with uh, a house with all lesbians, queer people. And she's she's like she had to think she had a male friend she was bringing along when she was house hunting, searching for a new place. And mm-hmm. she's like, I had to stop and think whether I should actually bring a male friend with me into this house because simply having a man with me might reduce the odds that this all-female household would not want me in their house because I have a... She associates with a man? Yeah. Not that, um, that... I'm like, that's crazy. I think that's a level of crazy.
0: Yeah. it's Actually, well, I was just talking with uh, a friend of ours. Like, she's, she's a lesbian mostly, but once in a while she sleeps with men. And she said she got excommunicated from the lesbian community of women that she used to spend time with because yes. she sleeps with men once in a movie. I've
1: heard that uh, narrative multiple times. And not, you know, I mean, when they mean excommunicated, it may sound a little uh, flip, but it's it's mm-hmm. hurtful. Mm-hmm. Like friends writing off friends, friends saying, I can't hang out with you anymore. Don't come to my house. Or don't, don't refer to yourself as queer anymore because you're a queer, mm-hmm. you're a liar, you're a poser. And and you know, all of that. There are many many things going on here, but the, the, I think what prompted our conversation was at the core of it there is this amazing hostility towards the masculine. That yeah, certainly being straight, loving men, standing up for men is not earning any women any social points these days. Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like they have to write the men off in their life. There's another crazy story, I can't believe the crap that's coming my way. This is another. This is a personal story. This is a dear, dear friend of mine. I'm not going to name her either. She lives in Seattle. This friend of mine in Seattle kind of confessed to me that she and her dear friend, both of whom are straight women, are kind of pretending to be in a lesbian relationship because it gives them cover in the culture in Seattle. Because being lesbian is is like you you get more points than being a yeah. straight woman. And being a straight white woman kind of lowers your status even more. So if you're a straight white woman but you're gay, you're kind of okay. And I'm yeah, like have everybody gone batshit crazy. I mean, this is not <laughs> normal. This is this is not we're not talking about, you know, uh creating this narrative for like one or two weird uh friends with extreme views. We're talking about this is the way they feel. The community and the culture of Seattle is more accepting of them if they simply use each other as lesbian beards than simply say (laughs) we are two straight white women roommates and we like men. And I'm like, something has gone off the rails. I don't even Yeah,
0: Well, it's like the social justice uh, movement has been very successful and effective in uh, making like they've, they've celebrated marginalized groups to the point where now you want to be one so that you don't get attacked. (laughs) Like it's only cool if you're being attacked by other people, by these hate groups.
1: Yeah. But the fact that, you know, it, it, it isn't, you know, it isn't like to say we want to celebrate a group that has not been celebrated in the past. If you, if, if we're a positive movement like that, I'm like, go for it, you know, by all means. Uh, celebrate those people who have not been celebrated before, put more attention on cultures that have been marginalized before. But the, that is not the energy behind these happenings. But the energy behind it is a punishing energy. Yeah. The energy behind it is a hugely censoring energy. Like, we will cut you down. We will excommunicate you. They literally use that word, like they're the yeah. Pope or something. Right. <laughs> we will excommunicate you from our community. You will not have a say. In our uh, any any community you're a part of, if you're if you're in a decision-making process, in her case, they are in drama, so they were in theater, so they're in some certain groups, and they decide which place to put on and things like that. And like you won't be part of the conversation because your 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 opinion doesn't count because you're just a straight white woman, and who cares about straight white women? Forget about men; they don't even want men in the room. Yeah. Or even if you associate with men, I'm like, what is going on? Are we like in some gulag times? <laughs> well, it's an
0: interesting thing where, because the, 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 all these groups, these marginalized groups, are minorities, right? I mean, like they're 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 smaller populations, but now I, I actually, actually, yeah,
1: I hear you. I I can't even accept that narrative because I think they're all selling themselves out to be the minority, just as a right, white, white woman is pretending she's a lesbian white woman. She's yeah. not really. She's not. She doesn't belong to that minority group, but because that's where the kudos are, I'm going to pretend I am a lesbian because that's where the victimhood points are. And I'm like, yeah. that is truly batshit crazy. Yeah,
0: brilliant like, marketing based on the, <laughs> the minority what group.
1: What end? What are we creating here? I mean, I thought the point of enlightenment was to come out of victimhood, to come out of our little niche groups and embrace more and more people to feel more expansive to it extended yeah. reach in the well, world I think
0: just just always angry people and they're gonna find a way to make it shitty for everyone else I mean,
1: you know but this is not a, as you are discovering yourself you're in austin that is another bastion of political yeah
2: correctness.
1: yeah I, I feel like new york may be like the only big place that is not completely in the tentacles i mean political correctness doesn't even sound like the correct word to describe it anymore maybe 20 years ago it was today it's yeah. like something really Oh well, the only only image that comes to my mind, like a visual, is like it's really dark tentacles reaching out and it's a power grab
0: yeah, we're well, calling themselves social it. justice warriors, which has like a violent feel to it already like they're they're at war right. <laughs> for justice what makes me upset on on what you're saying about like how even the non minorities are not trying to be in part of it, like I'm meeting young men who kind of have like white guilt for being men but it's like male guilt it's like they're everything manly about them they think is evil and they're ashamed of right. and, and then they, they reach out to me like oh i can't connect with women it's because like you're afraid to be a man and then they're like oh that's toxic for me to be dominant is toxic for me to like I mean, yeah. yeah have a penis is toxic
1: i am uh, i mean yeah i'm not i haven't received too many of those guys but i have uh, in my workshops and conversations i kind of have dealt with their partners their women who are encouraging that kind of new masculinity, which isn't much of masculinity at all. And then they're frustrated because they don't feel like their man can handle them, that he is as emotional as she is. When she has a breakdown, he has a breakdown. He, Ross, is dead. And at best, uh, the analogy that keeps coming is like, we feel like brother and sister after a while, or we feel like two two orphans who have been abandoned. Like you're constantly... We're just trying to hold things up emotionally, and both of our emotional houses are falling, and there's like no grown-up in the house once a crisis yeah. occurs. there's no strength, there is no stability. And you know it's uh, It's very bizarre to watch. It truly is a it's a puzzling thing to watch, and it feels it feels somewhat new. maybe it's been brewing in the culture because it seems really widespread, but it feels recent, like a few years. I don't know. it feels like something is coming yeah. to the purpose.
0: Well, what comes to mind is like a lot of the David Data and David Data inspired work. Like they talk about like the. Are you familiar with David Data? I like have read a
2: couple of his books. Yes.
0: Like he has like the. I don't know maybe yeah. getting the terms wrong, but like level one is like the 1950s alpha male, and then level two is like the 60s and 70s, like really soft man, and level three is like the integration. And then I hear a lot of like even podcasters, other thought leaders, say like, "Oh yeah, you were like the new third evolved man," but in my eyes, they're still pansies. Like <laughs> they're actually what they think is the middle is actually very far
1: not masculine at all yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing the journey towards masculinity basically being aborted mm-hmm. I, I think they are basically being encouraged not even to go down this path and it, it i find it i mean at one level you know the world is so big there are so many people and there have always been people who will play their own games and that's great so at some level like the Hermit and the philosopher in me just kicks back and like, okay, let's watch what happens here. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens here. I'm, I'm curious at one level. I'm truly curious. I don't know everything, but I do have some sense of how things work. And when I see people adopting philosophies that are like, in my opinion, completely off the goddamn rocker, I'm like, okay, let's see how this pans out. I'm curious to see how this pans out. So far the news isn't great. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I don't have children. I never give people advice on child rearing I get I get questions from people about child rearing uh, sometimes from couples on how to handle it, and I usually stay completely clear of it. But in this conversation, I will make one point. I see people these days saying we are not even gonna enforce any gender on our child. Our 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 boy with the penis wants to wear a dress to school, so be it. Mm-hmm. He sees a girl with nail polish, and he wants to put on nail polish. We will put nail polish on him. And uh, yeah, part of me is like, I am curious to see how this experiment turns out. It is not something I would do to my own child. I think, yeah,
2: well, yeah.
1: giving somebody guidance in the world, whether it is about their gender, about their role, about how you play with other people, that is what parents do. You are supposed to tell them not this way, that way. We don't hit people. You don't grab it. You ask for it. You share it and they share with you. We teach them all these values and we guide them into what it means to fit into society, to make sense of things. But in this area, we're like, no, there's no more masculinity. There's no more femininity. It's just completely invented concepts. And we're going to just let them roost. We're going to provide absolutely no guidance or correction towards channeling boys towards masculinity or girls towards femininity. And I'm like, let's see what happens.
0: Well, I think so. So my girlfriend has a kid and she's kind of in that boat where she wants him to not think of gender roles at all. And I I argue with her. Even It's not my kid. It's not really my say, but like he wears pink. Sometimes he does some things, but like he's so inherently innately masculine in like his interest. He's two and a half years old. He loves hitting things. He loves sports. He loves like violence and dragons. He thinks teddy bears are stupid. Uh, It's just funny. I even with, a, even, with a, even with parents who are trying to make him not masculine, right. it's just,
1: he is. Yeah, and you know, the research has backed this up. There's this guy who at Google who got into trouble was coding. Right. he wasn't pulling this stuff out of his ass. He was actually quoting really thorough research that's been done over and over saying testosterone has an impact on the brain. Boys yeah. are born more interested in things. Girls are born more interested in people. We do have sexual differences. Biologists will tell you if the two sexes didn't have any differences, there would be no point in having two sexes. Redundancy, there would be no point in sexual reproduction if the two sexes that you invent do not cover different categories, different areas, so that when they come together, they bring strengths. And the strength is passed on to the progeny. If the two sexes are completely identical with no differences, that is entirely waste of resources as far as nature is concerned, and nature doesn't waste resources.
0: Yeah, I actually, I, I thought the, I mean, there's a couple of things in that Google memo, like where he talked talk about neuroticism. Uh, maybe he should use a different word. Neuroticism, but
1: like, by the way, it is not his word. This is the word. Right. There's a big five personality traits, and neuroticism is one of them. You want to blame somebody? Blame the psychiatrist and the researchers. Yeah, like, but, but he must it have known a, that. It use the term, negative emotion.
0: Like he must have known. Like, come on. I mean, I, I mean, to 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 the other people's point, the way uh, he wrote.
1: I totally hear you. To us civilians, yeah. it sounds like a judgment, but it truly is not a judgment. If you open up the, the psychology literature, if you just Google the Big Five personality traits, it is right there. Yeah, did He didn't make that up. He didn't make up the word. He didn't no,
0: know. I, I no. I think he he lacks certain feminine uh, aesthetic well, he's qualities. A geek.
1: <laughs> you know, he's a geek
0: engineer. Yeah. Like, but I could see, like, oh, man, he did not. I mean, someone with a little more feminine awareness would have known he not so, so well.
1: reminds me of the lead character on Silicon Valley. He even looks like him.
0: Really? I don't know what he looks like. Um, anyway,
1: are, are you familiar yeah. with Jordan Peterson's work? I am. I've been uh, yeah. watched a bunch of his videos. I think he's a brilliant man and a sane voice, a great voice of reason out there in, in the, this great milieu. That melee, that's yeah. going on. Well,
0: yeah, he's another guy. I mean, he's great, and I agree with ninety-nine percent of what he says. But he also has a way of speaking where I'm just like, as someone who spends a lot of time with women and like the feminine energy, like his choice of words sometimes I can see why people get angry at him, even though it's he's true.
1: a professor. He kind of is forceful. He likes to make his point, but yeah. he's very qualified. Yeah, man, he's a psychologist. He's a professor. He's a philosopher. He does clinical research in psychology. He's he truly is an authority. On personality differences between the genders, he's truly an authority on the subject, literally. I mean, he's on the forefront of this research. So it might be worth listening to somebody like that when they try to explain to you what's going on in this conversation.
0: Yeah, it's just tough uh, if you're talking to someone with the opposing viewpoint to try to have them see your side and you're speaking in like the most antagonistic language. That, that, then,
1: I, totally, I totally hear you on that. Listen, I, I, I... I am known to be someone who speaks his mind and someone who can often be a provocateur. but even I feel like I'm walking on uh cutting on eggshells in this area because the listening is so closed off the the listening for any kind of a conversation in this area is so closed off that people hear two words and they they kind of classify you on what side of the political argument are you in, and if you're not exactly in the peg that they they approve of, you're screwed and yeah conversation has ended and you're evil so i don't know i don't know where we're headed with all this yeah it's interesting how quickly the the conversation became
0: like this because i remember six years ago when i became interested in sexuality i felt like i was convincing men the importance of the feminine as a concept and like that was kind of like an odd thing for most men at least that i was hanging out with but it was like easy for a man to talk about the feminine you know a woman talking about it would be met in the same way that jordan peterson's talk is often heard by social justice warriors. It's just, yeah, it's funny.
1: But these days, I think we are, we are at least attempting to try to get women to appreciate men to some degree.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it seems like women, so many women have waged war on the masculine and they keep claiming they're waging war on the masculine because the masculine has waged war on the feminine. But true, truly, down to my soul, I don't know if that's ever been true. I know there have been patriarchal systems and there have been uh, things that are outdated and they're being corrected. But this entire notion that men have simply hated women and treated them as second-class human beings and simply used them and oppressed them, I'm like, men live for women. Men have always fucking lived for women. Men's lives are meaningless without women, and we have always known that.
0: Yeah, the generalizations are tough because obviously there have been influential male figures that oppressed women throughout history. But it's like, you know, what percentage of the XY chromosome owners were, was actually that, you know? And
1: then, then you are talking about individual bad people rather than saying this is an archetypical yeah. phenomenon. That the entire masculine of the species is oppressed and basically used and demeaned. The feminine and they, now we need to rise up and basically chop them in. I'm like, I think that narrative you're responding to is a fiction. I don't think it's ever existed. Yeah. I don't buy
0: Do it. Do you find? I mean, so you're saying that a lot of the women in your workshops are, like, say, guiding their men into like a soft, feminine version of masculinity. The
1: time, see, this is the thing. I am pretty blatant and open about who I am and what I do, and which is which is a good thing because then people self-select.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> so the people who actually end up in front of me, they usually are not as. You know they're not the people I'm talking about on the west. But
0: they may be, I mean you know, I've met a few like they they used to be and then yeah. they realize their sex sucks.
1: Yeah, and then right. the struggle, as I said, that that most common thing I come into is there isn't a celebration of masculine strength, aggressiveness, or assertiveness on the part of the woman uh, and or the part of the man, and then there's a deep desire because they're in my workshops, and this is not always the case, but oftentimes women are coming in with a desire that they want their man to dominate them in the bedroom at least. And they can't get to it. The man can't get to it. The woman can't get to it. The man is confused. Man's like, what the hell are you talking about? This is not the deal we made. This is not the picture of masculinity that you've been uh, saying you want all these years. This this is not the image of the good guy, you know, someone Mm -hmm. who handles his woman or ties her up or does this to her. And now you want all this. Who the hell are you? And this is not our agreement. This is these are not the marriage laws we took. Right? So men are feeling like they they're kind of they, they showed up as a guy that woman said she wanted, and now they're being told, I want somebody else. Right? Or are oftentimes she's saying, Well, how about I just go play with somebody else and have a date? And he's like, That's not cool either. <laughs> because you are basically going. You're basically saying, I want to go get off on an aspect of masculine energy that you have been telling me sucks, so, something that's antiquated and out of date and Neanderthal and, and toxic, the most common word, right? Yeah. That's the conflict I come into. Of yeah. course, but then, I don't think domination and submission is toxic. I believe it is based in love. I believe it's based in wanting to give our partners what they want. But you know, for the people who are not familiar with it, There is this immense confusion. The the, the confusion, I keep having this conversation over and over, is between the political and the erotic. Because when people who have not explored the erotic, the two are so intertwined that they just don't know when they're having a political conversation and when they're having an erotic conversation.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. people on the political side are, are like starving. And then they have to kind of give up some ideologies in order to have good sex.
1: Right. I mean, the dirty secret on this on the part of so many of the modern feminists is that the, the image of the man that they want to create, those men, they actually don't want them in their bed. right? <laughs> they don't want the feminist men in their bed. It's kind of a running joke and an open secret and kind of a dirty secret that even the women who are demanding this is what modern masculinity should look like, those women don't want to fuck those men.
0: Yeah. And it's similar, you know, just to flip the, the other side, like, Men who want to oppress the women to be small, don't actually, they want to sleep with the wild, scary Listen, woman who has power.
1: In my milieu here, I don't know any men who really want to oppress their women. I swear to God, find me one. Find me one chauvinistic pig today. I, I see men who are just dying to find ways to please their women. Yeah. I see well, I people think... ready to walk on coal to get their women off. <laughs> if only I knew what to do is all they're asking for. Yeah. They're so desperate to please their women and not knowing how to do it. I am not seeing any oppressive energy. Most men are terrified of their women. They don't I have like to lose so,
0: like, their women. People are afraid of power and the easiest way to to gain to, to deal with fear of power is to shame the power and say it's bad. And I think that's been going on. In both directions between sexes for a while, or even not even between sexes, between races, between social classes. Yeah.
1: I think I think yeah. the conversation about power may be one of them, but the word that keeps coming up, at least out there, is justice, 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 justice. And I'm yeah. like, I, I actually think it's a over overused concept. I don't know if people are. Very, I've, I've written and I'm writing. I'm writing on this. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I can share with you my thesis if you are. There are three virtues that truly are virtues, but I think they're overrated. All three of these virtues are overrated. The first virtue is justice, the second virtue is equality, and the third virtue is freedom. They're all absolutely necessary for us to individuate and find our way in the world, and they're all overrated. They all have their limits. Hmm. And if you try to use them beyond their use, if you try to use justice beyond the use of justice, you will only create mischief and you will only create more disaster. You will end up creating injustice. And I see this happening all over the place. People want to create justice and equality of outcome. And they truly are putting their heads up their own asses trying to do it. And they're creating a lot of damage. It's pointless. Create equality of opportunity and your task is done. Create, create justice being equality under the law and justice's work is done. You wanna use justice beyond that point, it is just mischief. It won't work. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah. Even
2: Isn't the that, bunch of,
0: go ahead. Well it's just like they uh the the antagonism in either direction just creates more enemies on the other side. I like, always like the violence like in, in like like the the hate the racial hate groups are coming out more because there's more noise about anti racism and it 's just creating more polarity
1: it's certainly yes the the cauldron certainly seems to be boiling over, and of course they there are absolutely detestable people on the political right. We are brown men here, we have no sympathies mm-hmm. we are Nazis and white supremacists, and that is an element that has always existed in this country and of course they should be condemned won over if that 's even possible i don 't know how they can be won over yeah well there's I saw a great video about um a
0: black man who would befriend KKK members and get them to like, he didn't like fight them. He just like, would yeah. take them out for a drink? And then afterwards the KKK member would like not be
1: angry at black people anymore. I think, I think that's an, I, you know what? That's what Gandhi would do. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, That's where he was brilliant. And he's like, what have I got to lose price of a beer? Although he probably didn't drink, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like if I convert a man from his belief, how much better is that compared to, Throwing Molotov cocktails at his group. Yeah.
0: On, on the on the sexuality piece, the masculinity stuff. Like at a lot of your workshops, you say that um, very few men are born even wanting to be dominant. They decide they want to be dominant because they realize it gets women off, which is interesting. Like, I think that's even for me true. Like like a lot of the virtues of masculinity that I believe in okay. now, I've only come across because I, I recognize that that's what women care about ultimately to respond to.
1: Yeah, I think I think the core drive is not for dominance or anything specific the core drive is if my woman is happy with me that is an indicator that i'm successful in my relationship if my woman mm-hmm. is unhappy with me that means i'm failing in my relationship so yeah we are and- very desperate to please our women and yeah we're looking for ways
0: yeah and and younger men i think are getting the wrong advertising of what what is Making women happy—that is,
1: that is like that—is the core pain I see in men, in younger men, men your age especially. They're like, I don't know what to do anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've heard those words from you at the end of your relationship. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with her anymore. There's this this utter frustration. Like, you know, I thought this was going to work. I tried it. It didn't. Then she said this was going to work. I tried that, and she threw that back in my face. And I'm tired. I'm really tired of just jumping through hoops. Yeah. Right? It's like I actually showed up in a way you told me to show up, and then you basically turn around and say, "Nah, that's not working for me."
0: Yeah. Right. You know, I think would be a great like, very short book, maybe a small pamphlet that maybe you could write someday. It's just like, what are the actual things? It's like you give these to like a 16- year-old kid, like, this is the checklist. No matter what she says, this <laughs> is what she'll respond to. Just Listen, remember to put it in your pocket. You're probably
1: going to burn me at stake for saying those things. I don't think I want that kind of heat. That would have to be like a. That would have to be a mystery school. I can only <laughs> whisper it in your ears and send you on your way. I'm not sure I want to put that in writing. I don't think uh, the world is ready for it yet. I literally think. I really think the hearing is simply not there for it. Yeah. People will not be able to hear it. Women will not be able to hear it. But it, it, it'll be true, right? I mean, those. I mean, bodies. It, it's are hard to generalize that. in that way, but yeah. there are there, the the the, lo- the rules of eros are kind of lying kind of they're lying in plain sight if you simply lift up the layers of politics and choose to look at them Mm. what i mean yeah yeah what i would do is basically point you out to a layer a couple of layers deep and say it's all there it's not my philosophy it's all out here right Yeah. yeah look at the you can look at the research. You don't even need to, like, come up with your own things. Look at the research on what turns women on. What is the erotica they read? What, what is the, the running theme in romance novels that they read so much? It's exclusively a female ind- female-driven industry. What are the themes that come up over and over? What are the movies that women watch over and over? What are the men that they're fantasizing about? Read, you know, by now we have many, many volumes of women's authentic fantasies. People have compiled. What are women fantasizing about? Go read those. You don't you don't need me to spell anything out. All the information is there. Only the truth is the modern woman is is having a very difficult time reconciling that aspect of her Eras, which has been very consistent, by the way. It hasn't evolved. We would like to think everything is changing generation by generation, and you know, it isn't. The erotic template has been the same. It goes back to, you know, knights trying to woo their princesses and all the archetypes are the same and all the basic structures are the same. Evolutionary biology and our selection biology really doesn't change.
0: One Yeah, it's just like at an all-time high of denial of the biology.
1: And the information is there. The hard time we are having is integrating that information into our modern life and reconciling it with our politics. I think yeah. because the two are not, if you try to put them in the same plane, they, they fight each other, but they don't belong in the same plane. If you keep your politics in the political plane and keep your eros in the erotic realm, it's fine if they are pointing in different directions. You can, you can do different things on two different planes, but you know who you are at that point. You're not confused. And you're, then you're actually actively trying to create the world you want at both levels.
0: So that's interesting. So, you actually think it's okay for them to be opposed?
1: Absolutely, because we don't, we actually don't want political patriarchy. It's an old model. We don't yeah. want to go back to any of the traditionalistic, keep women barefoot and pregnant kind of nonsense. That's not where we are either. Women are brilliant. Women can do anything men can do. They should. They are exceeding men in universities and education. So, there isn't that, there is no problem there, and they should seek more political power. We probably have too many stupid men in politics right now, ruining things. And maybe women can bring a balance. Although, quite frankly, in the political realm, I don't have much faith in female politicians because they just see they're doing the same thing as men are doing. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't think in the political realm, I don't think the women are bringing any feminine perspective. Yeah. I think they're simply learning to play the same masculine game that the politicians, male politicians, have played. Yeah. But that aside, by all means, run for Congress, be president. I voted for Hillary. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. no problem. But the confusion is not, you know, you don't need to change anything in your political belief. I have absolutely no interest in changing anybody's political belief. My mission, if I have one, if I if I'm called to contribute, is to separate the political from the erotic and just unconfuse people. By all means, seek any any political design you want fight for your country try to create the kind of society you want but if you think you're doing it by you know down with men down with straight men i'm like mm, i don't think you're going to succeed
0: are you yeah, it looks that- like the, the, that that kind of social justice is uh, is feeding into the patriarchal it structure is. It, it's
1: feeding it it's i mean it's a really nasty energy it's creating a lot of hatred yeah i'm not quite sure what good what softness what love what compassion what eros can come out of that. Yeah the, problem
0: with, yeah, the politics is that like, a, a person in touch with the non-masculine, feminine stuff probably would never be interested in running, to the point of the Google memo, <laughs> like people who are in touch with that aren't seeking the power that would put them in the place to change the things in the first place. I, I would
1: hope that's not the case, but I am, mm-hmm. I'm kind of feeling pessimistic looking at what, what's going on in this country day after day. Just It's nuts.
0: Yeah. I stopped looking a long time ago just to avoid it or I don't care anymore.
1: Yeah. And, you know, whenever I do get like, you know, some report from the front line, especially on the West Coast, the news is not good. The level of misandry in that culture, the level of downward men, men are horrible. I'm like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know what kind of world you want to create. I don't know where, where do you want to go with this?
0: Yeah. So, do you think? Uh, I mean, the only natural solution is for enough people to realize that their sex sucks because of all this.
1: Uh, stuff? So, tell you, tell you the truth, my view is uh, even is a bit more pessimistic than. I don't think that's where the resolution is going to be. Hmm. I actually think that is we are headed towards a lot of strife. I think we're headed towards a lot of pain. This is a. This is more. <laughs> I feel this is more a perspective from a little bit woo-woo, it's like there is a momentum in the psyche. There is too much boiling in this pot for it not to continue, boil or explode, and then whatever new comes will come after the explosion. I don't think we have any chance of tamping this down. I don't think we're going to be able to pull out the fire sticks and calm this pot down. I don't think that's happening.
0: So do you think we'll see more stuff like Charlottesville yes. until we descend into anarchy? I, yes. Something like that.
1: I, I see everything, every trigger that is being pushed now that is clouding people's thinking, is going to get pushed more. I don't see anything. I don't see any, our conversation might be the exception. There is no humor. There is no laughter. There is no perspective when you're in the middle of that energy. And I don't think that energy is not going to recede. It's going to keep going forward and it's going to explode in some way. And it's going to create immense suffering for the people who are holding the energy.
0: So to the point, do you think that people should be stocking their cans of food and buying a firearm? To the point
1: where where I know this sounds really woo-woo and crazy and I usually don't go this far woo-woo, but... I would not be surprised. if I especially see the West Coast almost as like a meridian of this energy, this really uh, antagonistic energy. The The energy there is an energy of no. It's a deeply uh, indignant energy. Mm-hmm. And this indignation is like a Molotov cocktail for, for disintegration. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's core egoic energy. It says, I am right, you're wrong. I am angry and I'm justified in being angry. There's no backing up from that. Mm -hmm. You feel you're justified in your anger to simply cut other people off and dismiss them, simply dismiss them. You voted for Trump. I'm done with you. Don't even show your face to me. That kind of energy, it it kind of generates itself over time, especially when it is in a collective field. And that thing, it will explode in some spectacular way and create a lot of misery. It'll keep creating more and more misery. On the West Coast, pick your option. The San Andreas Fault could move, give you people a lot of misery. The Cascadia Fault Line could move, give you energy that has not been felt there in 300 years. You got a nut job in Korea pointing his missiles at the West Coast. All the doctors are talking about pandemics on the words, I don't know what, but it's yeah, like...
0: Alien invasion.
1: Does I think help? alien invasion would be a cool thing. It would just bring yeah. us out of our nonsense <laughs> and maybe really create some unity. But this kind of energy, I think it creates more of itself, and more of itself only heads in one direction, and that's suffering and breakdown. It will, it'll, the, the suffering will simply break you, and you will have to try something else. You'll have to come out of it by doing something else.
0: Yeah, the addiction to suffering or like the, the holding on to uh, the the feeling justified in anger is so funny. Like I, I have a friend who posted to Facebook that her great grandmother or her grandmother just passed away and like she came here from Poland or escaped. I mean, I'm, I'm butchering the facts so that she escaped fascism in Europe, came here and she just passed away and she was very sad, whatever, got a lot of sad face uh, likes on it. Uh, but then she said, but my grandmother voted for Trump and I can never forgive her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, your grandmother just died and you had all these lovely things. And just because she and she probably she's like, oh, like, how could she vote for fascism when she let, escaped fascism? It's like she probably had a lot of good reasons, you know, whether they're right or
1: not. I know, I know there's dismissiveness, obviously. Yeah. Like, OK, this time it's your own grandmother. Were you at all curious why your grandmother voted for Trump? Did curiosity even come up and like, did you sit down with her? Did you try to empathize with her reason? Or did you like, nope, grandmother voted for Trump. I'm not going to her funeral. Because that's where the energy seems to be these days. Yeah. People are so sure they are right. And I think it's a perfect confluence. Trump is like the perfect crazy ass car to give to that energy. Yeah. Indignation. Because he truly is batshit crazy. He truly is like an aberration. Where the hell did this guy come from? But he's not going anywhere. I really don't think he's going anywhere. My only concern is he's going to be there for four more years afterwards,
0: (laughs) right? If there's a president,
1: I see this. I see this energy brewing in this country. Trump is like the fire under the cauldron. That fire isn't going anywhere. It's only been six months. What happens when he keeps heating up this energy for three and a half more years? Where are you going to go? What is your plan? You know, when, when if you are in that pressure cooker and you hate everything this man's doing. And you think everyone who voted for him is basically an abomination. What are you setting yourself up for for three and a half more years and possibly more of this man basically pushing your triggers? Doesn't doesn't look good. It doesn't look like anything anybody can solve or pull back from. Day after day, it looks worse. Day after day, we're like going further down and there's no hope of pulling people back into calmness and tolerance and like,
0: Yeah, and there's so much permission for hate on both sides, which is interesting. I mean, the fact that Trump was elected proves that there's enough people who are opposed that I could directly oppose the social justice left that are that are there. Maybe they're not as making as much noise because they don't have as much media control. But like clearly both of these things exist.
1: But I think, you know, I think you just used a very beautiful phrase. You should write on that permission for hate. I think that's actually captures something. If you think about it, yeah, I I think that's actually, you just, uh, you just articulated something that is probably right. uh, You know, you touched a pulse there because, you know, traditionally, especially in a country that is, you know, it may not be a Christian country, but there are Christian people here. This level of hate is not a Christian value. Hate is not a Christian value, Right. But there is so much hate in this country right now on both sides, and it seems like everybody, instead of even pointing out that this kind of hate is not good, they're stoking the hate. They're saying, no, 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 your hate is justified. In fact, if you're not full of hate, and you're not on the streets bashing people's head in, then your belief is actually you know, kind of impotent. Mm-hmm. You're actually not doing what you believe in. I'm like, um, there has to be a kind of an alternate perspective on this. I don't think... Yeah. But
0: I, I heard uh, from Joe Rogan on his show, he was talking about like probably, because you mentioned the bashing, and I know metaphorically, but like we are at a point in civilization where there's not, and there's like really no physical challenges or danger challenges for people in the first world. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's some human impulse to be at war with something or battle something. If you're not battling nature, or, like right. food or an enemy or predators, you got to battle some things. So that's part of maybe why all this hatred is coming out. And being expressed.
1: It's certainly not a good channeling of that impulse. Yeah. It is not a good channeling of that impulse.
0: But if we descend into anarchy, we'll, both, we'll all go back to having to hunt again. And that'll be great. <laughs> It'll stop hating each other. I maybe know,
1: I hope not. I think anarchy sounds cooler than it actually is. Yeah. People who, people who keep ta- talking about, we want a revolution. I know. I feel like asking them, have you ever been in a revolution? It actually isn't fun. Ask somebody who has. Ask somebody who has lived through a time where they could hear the rumbling of tanks going down their streets. It may sound cool and look cool in movies. I actually don't think you want to go there. If you don't believe it, turn on the news and, you know, look at Venezuela or a dozen other countries. and That's what anarchy yeah. looks
0: like. I'm not- well, you, don't see, you don't see these political conversations in countries with actual strife. Maybe they exist on some level, but they have more important things to talk about.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so many of these people on the progressive left, I don't know quite know all the distinction. I know there's a lot going on, but it's like they, at least some of them seem to be proudly saying we are anarchists. I'm like, okay, then. I don't think that's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so surprised
0: that because we're talking about the left being not on the left. Like, I mean, I grew up in New York City, I've always thought I would be on the left. But now I do. I thought those like were my people. Representing the right kind of. in, and a, in a
1: workshops sense. and sensuality and BDSM for Christ's sake. I didn't think, you know, I certainly don't look to the right wing people as my audience. I thought the people on the left were my people, but more and more, I'm not quite sure who's my people.
0: Yeah. Well, well, there's enough people, there are uh, people having this conversation out there. And we need so. to make more noise to find each other.
1: Yeah, you know, humor is uh, one good indicator. You should try and laugh about anything at some point. Yeah. And if you feel you can't, you're in too deep. Really. If you can't laugh about your stance a little bit at least and see what an idiot you are sometimes, and you are taking yourself way too seriously. You should be able to say this is what I believe today. I could be entirely wrong. Yeah. You should not you should not believe you have such a firm grasp of the ultimate truth in your hands that nobody ought to even question you anymore. Yeah, that level of certainty scares me.
0: Yeah. And interestingly enough, another like gender topic, not to open up a new one, is like the gender identity thing of like I am blank which is just like a really hardened ego of like, I am this thing and you must call me this yeah, thing. I
1: think, I think again, not only I am that, but if you do not comply exactly to what I say you should treat me as, again, absolutely no room, no sense of humor. And you're like, you are disregarding my existence. You are I'm like, really? I mean, I feel like saying to those people, you know what? Nobody should be able to destroy your existence that easily. Why have you put yourself in a position that somebody not using your pronoun can destroy your existence? That's a pretty shitty stance to take in life. Yeah. Why have you made yourself that vulnerable to people who are not sympathetic to what you're doing or what you're exploring? Why have you made yourself that such that much of an open target? Yeah. Do you have any part to play in that, in that relationship? Right. I mean, you know,
0: yeah. Oddly enough, if there was anarchy, then there'd be no external body to enforce uh, or protect the victim for this victimhood. So maybe that yeah, would... I
1: don't, I, my sense is they don't want anarchy; they want more central control. They want yeah. more regulation. In Canada, they're doing Fascism. it. All. They have found a way that if you don't use somebody's uh, preferred pronoun, it's like it's actually a crime. You can be fined like that's so ridiculous. Lots of money because yeah. they, they put it in. The, I don't know the details. Jordan Peterson's uh, talks will cover this. He's been fighting yeah. it. I don't know, but it's like they've made it part of hate crime or some, some other discrimination crime so that if you do that, it's, it's, it's illegal.
0: Yeah, like there's a guy who, he was like a landlord and uh, he, he was like showing an apartment where a Muslim family lived and he didn't take off his shoes and like he's being fined like $25,000 or something for like uh cultural something. Yeah, denial. Anyway, Anyways, well, we just ran through an hour pretty quickly. Um, did you, oh, this just tying last thing, tying in woo woo stuff with the anarchy stuff, did you hear about like the um fortune teller who apparently uh, uh, predicted certain things like the 43rd president would be black and then the next president would be the last president? Last president as in ever? Yeah, it was like the next, I know we're on 45. Yeah, the 45th president would be the last president. <laughs>
1: So. I, ho- I hope she's wrong yeah, I, I, we'll certainly, I certainly don't want that level of chaos in my life, but let's see and yeah. I truthfully, in my heart, I have an abiding faith in the American Republic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think the republican the Republic is stronger than any president, and this too shall pass. This country has survived many, many things, and Trump is certainly giving us our own run for our money, but I don't think he will be the end of the country. yeah that's my faith. but yeah. on the other hand, I feel we are in for a lot of hurt in the coming years. I, I don't see anything simmering down. It shows no indication of simmering down. I don't know where it goes. I don't know how it explodes, but I just see a lot of suffering coming in this country.
2: Yeah, love and you,
1: more. And the ones who <laughs> are suffering are going to suffer more. That's, the, that's the, the, I don't know what you want to call it, but you know, it's amazing to me that Especially on the West Coast, it's very funny for me as an Indian guy because, you know, I kind of observe the other thing that they're very sensitive about is cultural appropriation. And as soon as I hear that word, I'm like, let me think of all the things they've stolen from Indian people. I don't really care. I don't believe in cultural appropriation. But one of the things they got from India was so much of over spiritual practices. One mm-hmm. of the things they got is that idea that we may be creating our own reality. Right. And yeah. so much of the West Coast energy, the new age energy, the secret energy, the manifestation energy is about how you are on the inside. The universe is likely to reflect back that to you. And the West Coast people were like the pioneers in in giving this to the world, this paradigm to the world. Because you might want to consider that what's happening in your life is partly being projected back from what you are in your inner space. They know this. And I'm like, what has happened to this this beautiful wisdom? These days, because all you are projecting out is hate right now. You hate Trump. You hate the right. You hate Steve Bannon. You hate, you hate, you hate. You are indignant, you're indignant, you're indignant, you're indignant. You're You're protesting. You're against, you're against, you're against. I'm like, you, I don't even subscribe 100% in The Secret, but I know those people do. I'm like, you need to reopen that paradigm and kind of look at what this Dynamo is gonna produce back at you. If you are so deadlocked in this negative dynamo, what what do you think is gonna come at you more? I and it seems like there, there doesn't even seem to be any place to have that conversation. They're just in it, they're so in it. Like, how dare you even suggest I not be this angry? I'm like, okay, go for it. I'm glad I'm on this side because I don't know what's gonna explode there. I know this energy is everywhere in this country, in, in pockets everywhere. But certainly, the West Coast meridian from Seattle to Portland, at least to the northern to middle part of California, is like uh, in its grip.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let's wait and see what happens to it.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it probably will be a while. Probably the next conversation we have will also be about masculinity. Maybe not. Maybe we'll have a new topic. Who knows? All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes, make sure to follow me at crowdcast.io slash See you next time.